I'm Chelsea Sodaro, and you know, I still see myself as pretty new to the sport. I'm super curious and I want to learn from the best. And I am Eric Gilsonen. You know, everyone is a triathlete, they just don't know it yet. Who is your hero in the sport of triathlon? Finish line, whether you're the first finisher or the final finisher, is where all people come together. We're all out there together. That's what I live for. This, this is the Chelsea is and the Eric Chelsea Show. And Eric show. Welcome to the Chelsea and Eric show. Chelsea here with an exciting update. It seems that COVID has become a very active time for people having babies and pro athletes are no exception. As you may know, I am very pregnant. In fact, by the time you hear this, I may have already had my baby daughter. So I wanted to talk to some of my fellow triathlete parents and get as much advice as possible before my due date, which is actually today. As a result, we put together a series of podcasts with me speaking to new moms and dads. Selfishly, though, we've mainly hit up the moms. Susie Cheatham came to triathlon at age 26 after running competitively for Great Britain. She turned pro after her first race as an age grouper, then finished sixth in her debut in Kona, only her third ever Ironman. In 2019, the last year of full Ironman racing, Susie took the course record at Hamburg. Now Susie is taking some time to be a new mother to baby Henry and plotting her return to the sport. She talked to me from her home in Bath, England. Susie Cheatham, welcome to the Chelsea and Eric show. I am just so, so excited to have you on. I I don't think we've actually met in person, but I, you know, have followed your career over the past couple of years and it is such a joy to talk to you today. Oh, it's great. Great to be here. And um, thanks for having me on. Yeah, our pleasure. So first of all, I hear you live in the most beautiful place in Britain. I live in between um, Bradford on Avon and Bath, which is like in the southwest of the UK. And it's, um, yeah, it's, like, it's beautiful. It's like an old Roman city. Everything's made of Bath stone. So when, when the sun shines, which isn't always, as everybody knows in the UK, like this, the stone just glows. So yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty beautiful. And everything's just old. Like I live in an old coach house where, um, horses and stuff used to live with their carriages and things so it's pretty cool and so is that where you do most of your training or you're based out of for a lot of the year yeah so I we came back to Bath because it was um it's like one of the triathlon centers in the UK so it's got it's it's got like the base for British swimming modern pentathlon triathlon's got like Vicky Holland um Olympic distance is based here and in yeah. Lee um Fenella Langridge so it's quite a good place to be based if you want to be in the southwest most athletes will sort of pull towards Bath direction wow uh, yeah I've been told it's absolutely spectacular and that I should put it on my on my bucket list so maybe I'll have to come crash one of your training camps someday 
Well, how are you doing? How and how is Henry doing? I think he's about nine weeks old now. Yeah, nine or so ten weeks. Eight, yeah, coming up to nine weeks. Nine weeks on Saturday. So yeah, we've had nine weeks of Henry, which is like a complete, a complete change in life, and it's been amazing. Like, yeah, I, don't let anyone scare you into into hating the first few weeks of. You're are you having a little girl, aren't you? We are, yeah. So don't don't let anyone scare you um, into not enjoying the first few weeks of your little girl's life. Like it's really special, and we've had such an awesome time having Henry around. And yeah, it's it's quite um it's quite bizarre because we, you know, Henry's only here because of COVID. And you know, like I was this time last year, we weren't even considering having a baby. And I was training for Ironman South Africa. I was really fit. And two weeks before the race, it got cancelled. And a few days later, I flew home and we decided to have a baby. Um, so it was pretty, pretty quick. So having Henry here is, is almost, even though I had the whole nine months to get used to it, it still just feels bizarre because we always wanted children, but we thought it would be something that I'd wait till after my career for. So yeah, I suppose I've, I've got a, although, COVID has been a horrible, horrible thing. I've got to be grateful to it for um, giving us a little little baby. Yeah, I'm actually really curious to talk to you about this because my husband and I were in a in a similar position. Although I think that you you have really nailed the timing with this, uh, with <laughs> yeah, I think you know have, giving really birth in, in December. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you did good job, Susie. But um, <laughs> you know, we were kind of in the same position in that we thought that you know, I would wait several years. I actually figured I would give Kona a few good cracks and, yeah. you know, come off of a big performance and yeah. then feel like it was the perfect time to start our family. But this has just proven to be a golden opportunity. And, um, you know, as a female athlete, timing is so, so important Absolutely. for this. And um, you're 34 years old, I think, in yeah. the prime of your yeah. triathlon career. Yeah. So I'd love to know kind of like where your headspace was at before you guys decided to start your family and um, how that's maybe evolved a little bit. So we decided that it was, uh, we always wanted children, but we thought that it would have to wait. Like I said, it's a bit, it's quite scary because I've been a, I've been an endurance sport my whole life. And for a start, you don't know if you're going to be able to conceive and, you know, like I've been abusing my body from the perspective of, of endurance sports since I was 13. And, you know, like it's, uh, we were really fortunate that it happened really quickly for us. But on the other hand as well, it's, it's um, quite scary to know how your body's going to respond to pregnancy and then how it's going to respond to post birth and trying to come back to, to fitness. You know, like that's still a space that I don't, know the answer to and I'm sure you've got the same fears as well because you know like I think you've been you're the same you've been doing endurance sport your whole life and you almost become a little bit robotic so it's like you um I know exactly how my body will respond to various different types of training and that's the advantage of being like a you know of our sport where you peak in your as a woman peak in your mid to late 30s it's like I'm at a stage of my career where I know how my body responds to certain training. I'm really familiar with that. 
I, you know, we've tweaked it over the years and we found like a really good formula and we challenge it every now and then with various different things. But, you know, in general, I know how I respond. And then the fear is that post baby, it's like, I don't, at the moment, I actually don't know my body. Like my body's not, to me, it's not recognizable as right. the Susie I was before I gave birth. And, you know, that's not just the things, you know, it, it's a big trauma and it's like, you know, there's a lot of, not just the trauma of giving birth, but, you know, you've grown a little human inside you. And it's like, I don't at the moment recognize my body, not just how it looks, but how it, you know, how it responds to, you know, I'm back into training now and how it responds to various different types of training. It's different. For example, an example would be, you know, like my heart rate profile is completely different. And that's really odd to me. Like, it's like my heart rate, I've always worked at quite a low heart rate, even when I'm doing like VO2 efforts and stuff. And then now coming back, it's like, whoa, I'm, I'm seeing heart rates that I would never be able to get to ever in training. Interesting. And it just reminds me that my body is like, you know, eight weeks post-pregnancy and there's clearly things going on that I don't understand completely and there's hormones in play that uh, that are like doing various different things to my body that I don't know yeah would you say that that has been like the biggest surprise your biggest postpartum surprise or you know what have been some of the challenges maybe that you weren't expecting to be honest I've been quite lucky um I've been pleasantly surprised by post uh, everyone terror everyone terrified me before I gave birth and you're probably in that position and actually yeah yeah I don't think you were in the sport when Sophie Goose do you, do you remember Sophie Goose I don't know Sophie Goose she probably retired before you started racing um and she messaged me before I had Henry and she said don't be drawn too much into the hype about labor being a horrible thing and yeah you know try and actually see if you can enjoy it because it is actually a special time and that's like something that really stuck with me and actually you know it was you know there was times where it was really bloody painful but actually I did try and enjoy it and it was you know it is a special time and and then post baby in terms of surprises I I've been pleasantly surprised by how your body does respond, how it bounces back, how it like, I think is when you've done sport your whole life, your body does bounce back a little bit quicker because your muscle conditioning is, is so much stronger. And, um, and yeah, there hasn't been much that I've been disappointed in how my body has responded. I've been quite, I suppose if you can be proud of your body for what it's achieved, I'm quite proud of what, what my body's gone through and and how it's responded to the trauma of having a baby for nine months and then giving birth to it. Absolutely. I think that's such an important message. And it's it's been interesting how eager people are to share their kind of horror stories about, you know, pregnancy and birth and postpartum. And, you know, while everyone's experience is so unique from what I understand, um, it's also okay if it's not a horror yeah, story, exactly. you know? And so I think that that's so wonderful that you share that. And it just sounds like you have a really healthy 
and positive approach to this whole process, at least from my perspective. It, it's just been so positive. And uh, obviously there's days where I find it tough. And, and to be honest, the hardest thing is I'm biking and running at home. Um, I'm doing most of my training indoors, partly because the weather's not that nice here at the moment. But, um, you know, like leaving Henry for swimming is like really hard. You know, like most mums wouldn't go back to work at sort of like six weeks, five weeks, whatever. I can't remember when I started swimming now, but you know, so you're you're leaving this newborn. Thankfully my husband's taken the best part of a year off, so he's at home. But you know, it's really hard to leave leave a newborn baby at home. And then I, I had a horrible experience with um somebody on poolside, actually not not one of the triathlon coaches, but one of the coaches from another team, um, said to me, "Oh, I've, and it was it was said as a joke, but it really upset me." And they said, "Oh, Susie, I've never known um, a new mum to not want to spend time with their child. Most mums want to be at home with their child." And like this was after I'd almost been in tears leaving Henry because he was he had just started smiling and he was having like this giggle fit. <laughs> And I like tore myself away to go swimming because it's my job and that's how I pay my mortgage. And right. um, and then I got to poolside and and then you get that comment and it, that really upset me because I was like, it was something that was weighing heavy on my mind anyway, like that guilt of leaving a newborn. So yeah, that was and that's that's I think the challenges that we have to deal with. And I think you know being a professional endurance athlete you can't you can't spend more than sort of you can't spend months and months at home with your child like you do if you had another career because your your endurance would just go completely out the window right it's kind of a double-edged sword in the sense that we probably have a lot more time at home than someone who is going back to their more traditional nine to five job but on the flip side we don't have weekends and we don't really have many like down periods. We don't really get time off. So it's really hard to like distinguish between um, work and family time and time off. Have you guys talked at all about how that might change for you? I don't know. Like my husband is, I mean, he's really on board as Rob, as I know for you, really on board with my career. And like, it's all about performance for us and it's part of our life. But it's almost like it might have to evolve a little bit when you have, or a lot, when you have a new human. It's something we've obviously talked about. Not, you know, I think like you say about evolving, we're just evolving with it and seeing how it goes. Um, Obviously, there's, there's another little person in our lives that we have to consider now. And um, I suppose we have to plan further ahead now. Um, you know, we're talking about races in December and how we're going, how we're going to support Henry and and Rob's going to support me. And because, you know, I rely on Rob a lot for my triathlon career as well. But then I also now rely on him for Henry. So we're having to plan ahead further. But it is something that for us, it's just sort of evolving. And I think um, I... The thing that I, I suppose it is a concern to me is that, as you know, triathlon is 
training for long distance triathlon it's pretty relentless and you have to be quite selfish to be good at the sport um because it is consuming pretty much 24 7 you know if you're not training you're eating healthily and if you're not eating healthy you're trying to get some sleep and then suddenly you throw in a, a little person that actually needs quite a lot of attention and 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 not just needs a lot of attention you want to give them attention because you want to give them the best opportunities in life and you want to stimulate them you don't want to just leave them to be um so it is a challenge and it is it's it's a challenge that excites me you know because it's it's something new I might change my mind when he gets to three months old and I'm knackered but yeah I think like you say I don't know if you've agreed on family time or you know like I I know some people do sort of like Sunday long run then the rest of the day is is family day but we haven't agreed on anything specific yet I'm not sure if you have yeah no we haven't agreed on anything specific yet but I was actually just talking to Sarah Piampiano this morning who I know that yeah yeah, you know and have competed against and we were saying maybe it would make sense to not load up the weekend as much as we usually do so we can have more time with our you know, spouse and and baby as we're adjusting to being a new family. Yeah, I, I don't know what the answer is, but I know I know um Jocelyn McCauley. I I don't know if I said her name right, but it, she's obviously pregnant at the moment as well. But she also I've I've listened to a podcast from her before, and she I think she has Sundays off religiously because I think she's she's quite religious. But I think you, I think in a way. You know, if you if you look at that from like a family perspective, actually, you say, well, actually, even if you don't have Sunday off and you do your long run and then you have the rest of the day off. We train so much that you could find that the challenges of being a new family could end up improving your performance because there are there are things that you wouldn't have experimented with otherwise. You know, having Sunday afternoon off every every week could end up being beneficial. And that's quite. I quite like the new challenge of changing my training to adapt to the new constraints, I suppose, of of training with a newborn. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, you could either look at it as this massive source of stress at having to totally like upend your routine, right? Or you can look at it as an opportunity to maybe like reinvent the wheel a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. And one seems like a much more positive and I don't know productive approach than the other yeah absolutely absolutely going back a little bit to your pregnancy you know my my expectations and my reality for pregnancy were wildly or have been wildly different for for instance I have I told people that I thought it was going to be like a vacation (laughs) it is not (laughs) It is not. <laughs> in a way, I I don't know. In a way, because you're you don't have that normal structure of 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 training. It, in a way, it is. But then you have other challenges, don't you? You do. You definitely do. So I'm I'm curious. You know what your what your pregnancy experience was like, and was it what you had planned for or imagined? Yeah. So I had first sort of between six weeks and. 
like 14 weeks I was really sick I, I don't know if you had the same but I don't think that's quite common like um early like first yeah. trimester, trimester having that having that morning sickness I had that quite bad and all I just I just wanted beige food and I was like how am I ever gonna get my appetite back for like green stuff and like you know like I really enjoy healthy food and I just wasn't enjoying any healthy food and I was just eating crap all the time and you're like of all the times that you think you would want to eat healthily it would be when you're growing a little human inside you and yeah so that was the the first trimester I found tough and I was really tired so you know like I was I was still training and you know there's a good group here so I was still getting out on my long rides and stuff and then I, I did have, I suppose I did have that second trimester sort of high where you feel fine, your bumps, are, your bumps are beginning to show, but you're not heavy yet. And yeah, so that was sort of, I suppose, a little bit of bliss in between. And then I actually, to be honest, I didn't find the third trimester that bad. It was just, I, I don't like not running. And I think I just, just for, just because I love it, it's, it's, you know, it's almost like my meditation, my, it's, it's just, it's something that I will always do forever, even if it's not for training, it's just getting outside and stuff. And I stopped running at about 37 weeks, I think, just over 37, 37, coming up to 38. But, and like, that's, I think that's quite good going. But at the same time, that was, I, yeah. I had Henry at 41 weeks. So that was, that was like two and a half, three weeks off running. And then I didn't run for a few weeks on the other side as well. So I really missed running. That was probably one of the biggest challenges for me because, you know, I just love getting outside with my dog and just getting fresh air. And so that, I found that quite difficult. And, this, and, and weirdly, as soon as I gave birth, my appetite to healthy food came back literally within a couple of hours. I wanted like a big salad. Yeah. Oh, that's good to hear. That's good to hear because I had a lot of nausea actually through like 32 weeks. Okay. Right, right up to 32 weeks. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's far. Yeah. I know. I know. (laughs) Uh, It's worth it, but yeah, it was unexpected. Uh, and I still am not really cra- I'm not really craving healthy food. Yes. I just yeah. yeah eat like carbs and cheese and that sort of thing. Yeah. But I miss I miss craving big salads and yeah 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 that was the same that was the same. I did um three, how many weeks are you now? I am 36. Okay yeah so I uh, <laughs> I know, I probably shouldn't say this but after probably about like 37 ish. Actually, no, probably from 35 weeks. I, I got really, I don't know if you got really bad heartburn, but I, I had really bad heartburn. Yeah, I've had it a bit off and on. The baby was just pushing up and then that that made me feel really sick. So I started getting nausea again towards the end. But you've had, yeah. your, fair, you've had your fair share of that, so I'm sure it won't come back. <laughs> yeah, it will be what it will be. It will, yeah. It will and it will, it will be worth be. it. Once you hold that little baby in your arms, you'll be like, exactly. you, you forget, you forget. To be honest, it's funny you asking me about pregnancy because it feels like, even though it's only eight weeks ago, it's like you just forget all the hardship that you went through. I think that's why people probably do it again. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and you forget the pain as well. <laughs> yeah, that's what I hear. Yeah. That's what I hear. What? So did you stay on a really structured 
training plan no. through a chunk of your pregnancy or when did you when did you get off the training plan? For as long as I could, I just joined in with like other people. So I tried to take advantage because when I'm training for specific, like for a specific race and there's quite a lot of short course athletes around where I live. So um, usually quite often I'm, I'm doing all of my biking on my own, a lot of my running. Um, the only thing I do in this squad is like the swimming and like regularly in the squad is the swimming. And and for me, it was a really nice period to like just jump onto other people's programs. So I just like um, I struggled. I struggled with intensity earlier than I expected. So I just sort of jumped onto yeah. other people's programs and sort of used it to sort of be training, but more sociable with my training, um, which I really enjoyed. And to be honest, there was some long rides that I probably wouldn't have done if I hadn't have had the squad to go out with. Yeah. So so I I did that for probably the first two trimesters and then sort of the second half of the third trimester it just you, you just know don't you it's funny because before I got pregnant I was like oh I need to ask I need to ask so-and-so about what they did or what this physio recommends but you just I feel I felt like you just know what's right I just I just knew when the time was that I couldn't do intensity I knew when the time was when I needed to stop running. Was that hard for you from, I don't know, like as a type A, a very driven person, we oftentimes like to, you know, tick our boxes and really see that we're making progress towards a specific goal. Was it hard for you to check out from that or not really? In ways, I was like, I am, I just try to remind myself that I am achieving something from just the fact that you're you're growing a baby and that's easy to forget sometimes when you're not achieving what you're normally achieving I suppose for there was periods where I like struggled with like my sense of like achievement and like my you know a lot of a lot of our identity as professional athletes comes from comes from like like you say ticking the boxes racing and validating the fact that your training's working and you know effectively for a year you don't have that I mean more than a year really by the time I get back racing it will be and it will yeah it'll be more than a year so that that I struggled with I suppose now I'm coming back to training and through the pregnancy I was taking each day by day but the nice thing about post-pregnancy is like every day is better in terms of your performance like you know, you're starting from a low base and, um, yeah, it, it feels like you get stronger quite quickly because, you're, yeah. <laughs> right. You get to see progress every yeah. day when you're when you're starting from a place of not super fit. <laughs> Which is weird because even as athletes, when we're when we're fit, it's we say, oh, we have an end of season break and you're like, oh, my God god I'm so unfit and it's like I took four weeks off and oh coming back is so tough and really now looking back on that it's like I probably haven't been that unfit for you know since I was like 13 years old this is a bit of a selfish question but while I have you here what advice do you have for women or female athletes recovering from childbirth and how are you setting yourself up for, you know, a healthy and successful return to sport? So I, 
I've gone with it. There's obviously lots of different approaches that were all all right. And everyone's it's personal for different people. I obviously like the climate is is slightly different at the moment because this race is being cancelled and stuff. But for me, I've tried to, you know, I've got I, I I'm focusing on getting back for Ironman Hamburg in the summer. So it's nice to have that like solid goal, which I think as an athlete, I always like to have a goal, whether that's cancelled from COVID, I'm not sure. But yeah. um, but I I feel like you're you're better taking it easy, and there's there's no prize for getting back to training earlier but there is a prize for getting to the start line healthy so I've tried to be kind to myself and you know like as an athlete it's so easy to say you know I need to be doing x y and z by this date and we do obviously have a plan but and and so far I've achieved everything that I've set out but if I don't I'm trying to to realize that actually it's something that I've never done before it's not something that I can necessarily plan for so there may be you know a, a place in in the progression of training that I can't achieve and and I think in that case you have to go you have to be kind to yourself because you know there's no prizes for getting back to training quickly but then spending the next year injured but there is a prize for for successfully getting back to racing and having a decent race when you come back you know like it's 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 probably in terms of coming back to training it's probably like coming back from one of the biggest injuries you've ever had so you'd spend time to rehab that properly so I'm figuring it I need to spend that time to rehab from pregnancy properly I think that's really important for our listeners to hear coming from, you know, one of the best athletes in the world when there is so much pressure for women to bounce back to their, you know, pre-pregnancy body to hear from someone whose career depends on their body. Yeah. That they're taking, you know, a patient and kind of calculated approach. Yeah. In the long run, I think is going to really serve you well rather than feeling like you need to be back right away yeah and I think um one thing I did as well which I think is worthwhile if you're if you're even if you just want to be active post-pregnancy is I went to I went to see a pelvic health physio so they actually specialize in post-pregnancy um like mommy MOTs you know like I think I think that's worth doing. You know, they can tell you if you've got a prolapse or various different things. They can tell you if there's, you know, so you can you can amend your return to training. Everyone's different, and you can't say, you know, that that you should be back to training in two weeks or twelve weeks. It's all individual, and I think, you know, especially for us, you know, we've been training for so long, you just know what's right um but it's nice to get a a professional opinion to know how to adjust your your return to exercise yeah absolutely I think there's a lot more there are a lot more resources for women now than there were probably 
five or ten years ago. But, you know, the traditional approach is for women to go back to their OB six weeks postpartum. And they give you the good to go and do whatever you want without doing any sort of real exam. But like like you were saying, maybe going to a pelvic floor specialist and having someone do an internal exam and really see what's going on can actually help you plan your return to activity. I, I talked about it being a personal thing and it's individual, but you know, like um, the pelvic floor specialist I went to, she, she got advice from another pelvic floor physio because I am a professional athlete and she hadn't worked with any elite athletes before. And I was pushing her because when I first went to see her, she said, oh, well, you can't return to running until 12 weeks. And I was like, you're kidding me. Like 12 weeks. And, uh, you know, one of my um, uh, one of my friends said the same thing to me and she's a physio as well. But as it happened, she got that advice from another physio who said, oh, no, well, for elite sport, it's completely different. So there isn't a one size fits all. Yeah, it's good to get that professional advice. Absolutely. And I think that there, there are, if you approach this as, you know, rehabbing your body, if you approach returning to sport from after childbirth as rehabbing your body, there are things that you can be doing like breathing exercises and core exercises and pelvic floor exercises to expedite that healing process. Yeah, exactly. And it takes a lot of time as well. It will soon fill your day by the time you start like rehabbing and then you start introducing training. I feel like I'm chasing my tail a little bit at the moment. <laughs> I bet. I bet. And you have, uh, yeah, and a little guy depending on you as well. Oh, but it's the best. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty grateful for COVID that we, we got to do it. You know, there was times where we didn't know if we'd have kids and yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. (laughs) So exciting. One of my biggest sources of stress is the looming sleep deprivation that is ahead of me. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm wondering how you are handling that. Is Henry a good sleeper or how have you adjusted to the lack of sleep? (laughs) As we speak, he will not sleep in the day at the moment. Like everyone says, oh, baby's now he's a bit older He's like fascinated by everything around him and he's not sleeping in the day. But as a result, he's sleeping really well at night. Okay. So he does sleep apart from a few feeds through the night. He does sleep most of the night in terms of the early days when, you know, like the first like couple of weeks, he slept pretty much all the time. I was like, they're trying to wake him up because I was like, hey, dude, I want to I want to play. Yeah. <laughs> but um, now at eight weeks, he's like. He, we struggle to get him down in the day. He doesn't always have a nap. Like today, I think it's the first day he hasn't had a single nap during the day. Um, but we're pretty sure he'll sleep well tonight. Um, yeah. One thing that Rob and I did, and it obviously depends on your circumstances, is we split the night. So we shared the um, shared the feeding. So, I mean, I'm exclusively breastfeeding at the moment. And I would pump um, for Rob to to have milk. And between us, we sort of we regardless of how badly Henry's sleeping, we would always have five hours sleep because we'll split the night into sort of two five hour shifts. That, yeah. So we've never 
I've never been completely screwed from no sleep because I've always had that five hours of unbroken sleep. So we go into a separate bedroom. So we've always you've always got that to fall back on. And then, to be honest, we get a few more hours sleep with Henry as well. It's just it's just a little bit more broken. So you're not you don't get that really real quality sleep. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like a smart that sounds like a smart plan. We might have to um, we might have to do something like that. It's funny. This we talk about how there's so much more information out there with with sort of pregnancy, post pregnancy, and and training and stuff. But there's so many for me. There's so many unknowns. I mean, I'm going by feel for a lot of things, but things like breastfeeding and exercise. You know, I I still am undecided when I'll stop. Hamburg is about Hamburg. I'm in Hamburg is about um, six months after I had Henry, so I. I would like, uh, I would like to breastfeed him for a, 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 as long as possible. But at the same time, I know that breastfeeding increases the laxity of your joints and stuff. But there's lots of other things that people say breastfeeding does that you don't don't really know. And then, and then some people say, oh, well, you need to stop because it takes like six months for your hormones to go back to normal. So it's like the there is a space in elite sport where we don't really know how pregnancy and breastfeeding and hormones and um, various different things do affect us. And I found that quite hard because I just want to be able to refer to something to say, okay, well, if you want to, if you want to get back to training at, at peak performance and you need, you need three months for your hormones to go back to normal or there's nothing that I've found as a resource or even looking for sort of independent research papers like that helps you through that phase of of sort of postpartum and getting back into training it's all very yeah, much like there's no guidebook time. yeah exactly it's all very much like anecdotal well I've got a you know I've got a friend that did this or speaking right. to other professional athletes that have come back you know saying that they did that and yeah, it's quite. I find that quite difficult. Are there any women or athlete mentors that you have reached out to for advice? Yeah, people have been quite good. Like Meredith Kessler's been lovely. You know, there's been a lot of people that have reached out. There's there's quite a lot of time moms now. Obviously, Rinnie, who I think you've had on the show as well, and, and yeah, she was due sort of within two weeks of me, and I think she had, um she had her son within two weeks of me. So we were going through the same like highs and lows at the same time. Yeah. Which I'm really jealous of you and Sarah that you've got each other during this time. It was such a special thing to have somebody that you're close to, but not just close to, but who has the same job as you and the same challenges that you'll have. You guys are sharing that. It must be an amazing thing to have. It is. It is really special. And I think this time has made me appreciate my female friendships even more than I did before yeah. because it sort of feels like this new club that this new club that you're joining. Yeah, I no, guess. I, uh, yeah, I get that. Yeah. What are what are some goals that are really exciting you right now? I know you mentioned going back to Hamburg, where you are the course record holder. Um, what's kind of what's what's getting Susie fired up to train hard and race again? So for me, um, the, it feels to, 
where I am at the moment is just different phases. So for me, my, you know, it's baby steps. My first, the first thing that excites me is just getting fit because at the moment I'm not fit, you know, like I'm still, you know, I talked about at the beginning. I don't recognize Susie as Susie at the moment. You know, I look forward to, to getting to that place where I can not even race fit, but just relatively fit, you know, you, to get back to that phase is my first step and that really motivates me because we're it's our job and it's also you know I feel like I do my hobby for a job you know it's what just being I like being fit and yeah that really motivates me to get back to there and then once I'm fit you know like I've I've talked about having that goal of Hamburg it's a race I really loved and it's a race that suits me and yeah I'm I'm really excited about racing again just being on the race course it's like I think pregnancy for me made me miss triathlon and made me really appreciate that I do love it I've always known that I've loved it but I really missed it and I really missed racing and you know like I during pregnancy I was gagging to get back to it and now that I'm back to swim bike and run I'm gagging to get back back into racing um and it's about those those baby steps along the way and then on top of sort of those personal goals in terms of getting first getting fit and then and then um being able to have you know like it excites me to to have as good a showing and you know my goal is to qualify for Kona and because of COVID I wouldn't have missed a Kona which would be amazing it there's also the motivation of being the best person I can be for my son and you know I suppose he won't be able to see it now but I'd like to think that he can be proud of me for coming back and one day when he understands all this this stuff to you know to be the best version of me is motivating to to set a good example for him. Yeah, I think it's such an incredible gift to be able to show your kids what hard work looks like and what it looks like to be really passionate about something because that's, you know, such a privilege that we have as professional athletes. That's what we do. You know, we really, we really love what we do and we do it because we care about it and we want to find out what's possible and to model that for your, for your son is just amazing. And I mean, there's not many, there's not many kids that can go to school and say that their mom's a professional athlete either, which is quite cool. It's pretty, it's pretty badass. <laughs> Do you guys think that you'll bring Henry with you to races and training camps? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can't imagine a place where I'd want to leave him. Yeah, and like I said, Rob's got, um, Rob's usually working, um, which means I spend more time at home training than I would otherwise do. But because he's got the year off, I think COVID allowing, I would love to think that we could spend a bit more time abroad with Henry um training and racing this year than we have done in the past um but obviously there's a lot of unknowns at the moment so yeah yeah absolutely hopefully as you gear up for some training camps and race goals the world will start to make travel a little bit more friendly here soon that'd be lovely that would be lovely yeah (laughs) I have heard you speak to this on another podcast but I think it's really important, especially for for working women and for female athletes, 
as we uh, navigate, you know, sponsors and pregnancy, and it's a bit of a hot topic right now. How did your pregnancy go over with your sponsors? And was that something that you were, had any apprehension about? I I don't know how I would have told my, I don't know how I would have been able to have a baby in non-COVID circumstances, in normal circumstances. Like I, you know, we, we were quite lucky, as you said, we got quite pregnant quite quickly, but I was calling, I wanted to talk to my sponsors in person on the phone, my main sponsors. And, you know, I, I didn't, you know, you can't really pick up the phone anymore and just call someone. You have to sort of arrange a time. Um, But I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to email my sponsors and say, oh, you know, can I arrange a time to talk to you? I need to tell you something because I thought, oh, God, then it would be 24 hours of them being like, what's she telling me? Like, I don't yeah. know like yeah so I just called my my main sponsors out of the blue and I was absolutely terrified of telling my sponsors like and that's in a in a year where there's no racing so I don't know how I would have done it in a normal year then having said that I didn't need to worry because my sponsors are amazing and really supportive really excited for me really really open to the fact that you're a woman in sport and you are you know, it's legit to have a child. Like it's not, it's not this time where, you know, I think 10 years ago as a professional female athlete, it would have been, it it wouldn't have been something that you could have done. And I, I feel, I feel grateful to the sponsors for being so open about it. Um, but also I think um, there's, there's women in our sport that have sort of paved the way for us. And, um, you know, there was, there's been, a few mums that have successfully come back to to our sport and then higher profile sports like Serena Williams and stuff coming back yeah. really really strong so yeah I, I was I was lucky and and I was terrified and and I didn't need to be but I remember when I sort of called them out of the blue which is uh, something you don't really do anymore um I was terrified and I didn't need to be because they were really happy for us that's wonderful to hear and I have had a similar experience but you know, I think we're still evolving and the industry is still evolving. And I hope that, you know, women like you can really model for this next generation what's possible so that when my daughter is in whatever career she has down the road that, you know, pregnancy and motherhood will be seen as an asset for these companies because it is. I think that... yeah pregnant athletes and mom athletes are some of the most relatable figures because millions of women are having babies and to see these incredible iconic figures do what you're doing is spectacular and so inspiring for women of all levels definitely and I I do feel quite grateful to the women like Meredith, Rini, Radka that have had babies and successfully come back to the sport because you know, we talked about the uncertainty of what your body's going to do. And I think that, you know, seeing those women come back to the sport successfully sort of reduced my fears a little bit. And, um, you know, I, I definitely have to be grateful for them to show for, for showing that it is possible to do both. All right. Susie Cheatham, quick fire round. The pressure is on. Are you ready? I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We're just warming up those pre-race nerves. It's good practice. 
It's been a while. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Favorite mantra or saying? Uh, it's not over until it's over, but it's good for a race. Absolutely. Your favorite journey? Oh, going to South Africa. I love going to South Africa. It's one of my favorite places. Favorite sound? Oh, my Henry's little coo. It's so cute. You get one style of hokas to wear for the rest of your life. Rincon. The Rincon? Yeah, Rincon. Nice. I love it. First thing you want to do when we're out of the COVID woods? Oh, race. Have a race. Perfect. Well, this has been such a thrill for me, and I'm so, so grateful for your time. I I look forward to meeting you in person, yes. hopefully hopefully at a race one of these days. And, you know, I'm confident that you'll be better than you've ever been and you'll go faster than you've ever gone. So it'll be really fun to follow your, your journey. And likewise, I'll, I'll be following yours as well. I think, I'm sure there is a there is a place to say that you can come back stronger and, you know, like going through all the rebuilding, rebuilding your strength and conditioning. I do think that now doing the stuff that I'm doing, some of the stuff I'm doing is, is stuff that I've neglected in the past. And that's quite exciting because you, you figure that potentially you could come back stronger. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, just talking to you about your plan and seeing you on the other side of birth makes me, makes me really excited for what's ahead too. No, it's a really exciting time and I'm really excited for, for you guys and, and the next few weeks and, and meeting, meeting your little girl. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for coming on. Oh, it was great to be on. Thanks, Chelsea. Thanks for listening. The Chelsea and Eric Show is brought to you by Hoka One One and Iron Man. 